0: Podcast Answer Man, episode number 261. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hey, everybody. This is Gary Vaynerchuk, and you're listening to the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It does not matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode. There's something we can all do to take our show to the next level. That's right, my friends, and and today I have a wonderful episode lined up for you. We've got three questions. I'm going to try to answer all three of them today. I also have a wonderful interview with Michael Hyatt over at from MichaelHyatt.com. He is the chairman of. Uh, Thomas Nelson Publishing has probably one of the most uh, amazing blogs when it comes to leadership skills and taking life uh, to a level where you're intentional about the way that you live. Uh, More than 200,000 subscribers to his blog. Uh, We're going to talk about how he got started, how he built his platform, and the fact that he has a new book out. And also, Michael's just entered into the podcasting sphere and is crushing it today, but not only not until after he actually you know, went through a couple different bumps along the way. And so we're going to talk a little bit about all of those things. But first, as I do each and every week, I want to start off with a random plug of the week. And this week, of course, once again, I am highlighting another member of the podcast, Mastermind. And this week's Podcast mastermind that's getting a little promotion here is Mark Mason from Mason World Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. Now, Mark has a great niche audience uh, helping people who are, you know, basically working the day job, but they're looking to build something on the side. They're looking to build their online business and they know they can't devote their full time attention to it, but they're going to work on it one night at a time. In fact, each of the episodes does include helpful tips. It helps, uh, they include interviews with folks and advice about how you can run an online business. And the cool thing is, is that Mark's actually doing it. He's actually sharing his journey along the way. And uh, the advice that he gives is the stuff that he's learning and that he's applying and that he's uh, living out much in the same way as I got started with Podcast Answer Man and I continue to move forward with Podcast Answer Man. But there's one reason I want to definitely share with you uh, one thing I absolutely love about Mason World, uh, the internet marketing po- late night internet marketing podcast. And it has by far the single best podcast intro out of any podcast I've ever listened to. I'm, I'm talking about the theme song. Now, normally I prefer a podcast that has a little music in the front and where the host is the first uh, voice you hear I I really love the fact that you know I just play music and then I, I sh- um pull the volume knob down a bit and then you hear my voice my voice is the first thing that you hear in a podcast and I typically prefer that about nine and a half out of ten times but Mark Mason definitely is somebody who has a theme song for his podcast that is just out of this world and I'm gonna play a little clip for you right here and right now when it's late at night, at the end of the day, your dream's burning inside. So keep it up and you will find that you build
1: building your business one night
0: at a time. You're listening to the MasonWorld.com Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast with your host, Mark Mason, building internet businesses one night at a time.
1: Hey, it's Mark Mason, and I'm back on the mic. And believe it or not, I am on the road again. And actually, I am podcasting
0: with a blanket over my head. Now, yes, that's right. I said a blanket over my head. Well, there you go. And that, by the way, if you want to find out why Mark was podcasting with a blanket over his head, and I'm, I'm talking about sitting in a bed with his probably his digital audio recorder. He probably had the Ederall recorder or the Roland recorder with a big old blanket over top of his head. if you want to find out why, then you'll have to listen to a little bit more of that audio from episode 25, which by the way, you can find the Mason world podcast over at masonworld.com. Just go over to masonworld.com. Click podcast up in the nav menu and check it out. If you like the podcast, then be sure to tell Mark that you heard about him from the podcast Answer Man. I really, really appreciate it. Anyway, um, you know, and by the way, that just I just want to highlight real quickly here. Many times I have strong feelings about, okay, I have strong p- feelings about just about everything. I really do. I, I, I have a lot of opinions. And a lot of them, I feel very strongly about. And one of the things that I do feel very strongly about is having your voice be that first thing that people hear. And and I'm not a huge fan of having intro theme songs or you know having somebody else do a professional voiceover to introduce your show. Uh, but there are exceptions, and Mark Mason's podcast is one of those exceptions. And by the way, there's been. Out of all the clients that I've worked with 101, and we're talking several hundred clients, we're closely approaching a 1,000 now, but out of all of them, probably about 15 of them have uh, intros that were done that are professionally recorded, whether it be a jingle like he has, uh, and I think he went through Jeff Smith, which I actually think he learned about in a prior episode of Podcast Answer Man. Uh, Jeff Smith does wonderful work. But anyway, uh, whether you have somebody do a professional jingle for you or if it's just music and you have somebody else, you know, some other professional voice actor do the, you know, the name of the podcast with your host and introducing you, I, I've probably seen out of all of the clients, about 10 or 15 of them that I, I feel like, yeah, you know what, forget what I said, go with that. That's awesome. But most of the time, it's like, eh, I don't know. I think you'd be better off just, you know, introing yourself. I think that you, I think you have what it takes. So, uh, and not that Mark doesn't, by the way. Uh, Anyway, let's move on. Uh, The next thing I want to bring up is back in episode number 256 of Podcast Answer Man. You guys will remember that I told you that iTunes changed their spec page. You know, podcasting specs, they actually list out all the different things that to get listed and into the iTunes directory, here are the things that you need to know about podcasting. Of course, if you've hired me as a coach or a consultant or if you have taken you know a lot of my tutorials, you don't need to really worry about all those specs and stuff like that uh, because I walk you through all of it. But here's the thing. In, in episode 256, I announced to everyone that they changed their requirement or actually not the requirement, they have changed their recommendation from 600 by 600 uh, pixel artwork for your podcast to 1200 by 1200. Now, I, I say that this is a suggestion, and it is. It is a suggested thing that they had said. Now, the requirement comes in that if you want your podcast to be featured in iTunes, then it has to be that larger size. Well, I am not kidding you, my friends. I actually know for a fact, and I've verified with several other people, that when I told you that, when I recorded that episode, it, the iTunes specs did say 1200 by 1200, but then I learned from my good friends over at Blueberry and Raw Voice that when they were actually fi- finalizing the next version of PowerPress, they actually were notified by iTunes that says, hey, this is great, you guys are doing a great job. By the way, we're thinking about changing that to fourteen hundred by fourteen hundred artwork instead of twelve hundred by twelve hundred and the very next day, the iTunes spec page changed again, so now they're telling you fourteen by fourteen hundred podcast artwork pixel podcast artwork for your show and again, this is a recommendation for those of you who still only have your three hundred by three hundred artwork. Uh, you're, you're gonna be fine you're not gonna get kicked out for those of you who have smaller artwork and you're submitting your podcast it's not a big deal you'll still get approved you'll still get listed the only thing is is you will not be featured as a podcast a feature on the iTunes podcasting directory and that and that doesn't mean that you're excluded from the top 10 list or anything like that we're just talking about where a feature where they they you know put you front and center in front of everything um, so anyway the, the, the thing is is that artwork um is getting bigger and bigger it is it, the requests are higher and higher and i personally want to apologize to anybody who went out and got all their artwork upgraded to 1200 by 1200 after hearing my episode i personally had all of mine upgraded to 1200 by 1200 and guess what now Now it's 1,400 by 1,400. So I have to go back to the drawing board again. Now I don't know about you guys, but I, you know, this stuff, you know, if you want to do professional stuff, you don't just do it yourself in Photoshop. You're maybe hiring somebody else to do it. Um, Tim Arthur is in the chat room that says the new update to Blueberry is asking for 1,600 by 1,600. Now I did an interview with Angelo Mondado yesterday uh, for Podcast Answer Man. In fact, it was supposed to be included in this episode and Angelo, who is the person who actually wrote the Blueberry PowerPress plugin, uh, he I, we we had unless things change since my call with him yesterday, it, the the Blueberry podcast uh, plugin should be asking you for fourteen hundred by fourteen hundred artwork. And he was actually going to check into something that I had brought up uh, in the talk with him about maybe it rejecting or giving an error. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure that it's not an error; it's just a. It's just a warning notice that it's hey this you know they want bigger, but we they do are they are accepting your artwork. So if you if you go in there and you upload your new artwork uh, 1200 by 1200 and it says this is not big enough. we want 1400 by 1400. trust me, it did take the new 1200 by 1200 artwork, but it is just giving you that warning that iTunes is asking for larger. And it, and it does look like an error. It does look like it's been rejected, but it hasn't. Um, I hope to get that interview with Angelo into next week's episode of Podcast Answer Man. And by the way, for those of you who are interested, if you're looking for somebody to create artwork for you, uh, I will tell you right now, you could go to logotournament.com, 99designs.com, All of those places, honestly, you're going to get some great stuff as far as logos are concerned. But I'll tell you what, when it comes to custom podcast artwork or even uh, custom headers for your website, there is nobody else that I refer people to more than I do Jenny Hampson. Jenny Hampson is somebody who's a part of the gspn.tv community. gspn.tv is my own network of podcasts, Podcast Answer Man included in that. Anyway, Jenny has been doing my part podcast artwork for years. And uh, she has, you know, done a lot more recently with clients that I've worked with. And I have never referred anyone to her that was not 100% satisfied with the awesome work that she does. In fact, uh, you can go over to podcastanswerman.com slash Jenny H and see some of her artwork. And if you do contact her to do some artwork, she's given a very special price of $175. Just tell her that you heard about her from Podcast Answer Man, and she will do your artwork for $175. Just tell her that you would like a 14 by 1400 artwork. And who knows, maybe. Maybe go ahead and have it done in 2,800 by 2,800 and and have it sized down. I have no idea at this point. But the iTunes specs, as I last checked them, said 1,400 by 1,400. If you want to, she is the best. Anyway, so with that, I am going to turn to some questions because I certainly want to get to this Michael Hyatt interview. The first question, actually the first two questions comes in from Tommy Kendrick and just want to remind folks when you call in, I do prefer one question per phone call. I don't mind if you call eight times with eight questions. Totally cool. But uh, it helps me to fit in more people's voices and get more questions in when I can do it one question per call. But no problem at all. Tommy Kendrick does have two questions for us. They're two very valuable questions and I'm going to take my shot at answering both of them. So Tommy, take it away. Hey Cliff, this is Tommy Kendrick in Austin, Texas. I am now eight episodes into the Actors Talk podcast and I'm wondering, is there a way to judge, given all the variables involved, can you judge how many episodes that are being downloaded is a good number? I think I'm doing okay, but I don't know what the numbers mean at this point. Number two, is there a way, or is it even a good idea to include Two audio files with a podcast. My interviews are going 45 minutes or so. I'm wondering if I should be including a shorter version and a longer version. Is that possible? Is there a sweet spot for the time length of an interview for a podcast? What do you think about that? Thanks, Cliff. Appreciate all the help. I would not be doing this podcast if not for the podcast Answer Man. So thanks a lot. Take care. Bye. Tommy, thank you for the questions, my friend. And I'm going to answer your second question first. Um, 45 minute and interviews, should you break it down, include a shorter version and a longer version. And my personal answer to you, and it's one of those things that I feel very strongly about is no, include the whole interview. Um, I'm going to give you an example of somebody that used to do this somebody who I actually look up to. I really like him a lot. Um, Jason Van Orden, good friend of mine. Uh, but I remember listening to an episode of internet business mastery, probably about, oh gosh, this probably would have been about six years ago. And he had done a, um, he had done a interview with uh, the guy behind copy blogger. And it was a very valuable interview. And and what they, they did is they took and they included about 20 minutes of an hour long interview inside of their podcast. And they said, Hey, if you want the rest, go to the website and this is where you can go find it. And that was so frustrating to me because that interview was so amazing. I wanted to hear everything that they had to offer, but they only included 20 minutes of it and says, you know what, we didn't want to include the whole thing. Or maybe it was, you know, tied into, you know, go here, give us the email address. I don't know what the what the um, what the mindset behind not including the whole interview. But there are some people who I've also seen, and this isn't Jason, but I've seen other people do this, where they just feel like, you know what, I'm not going to put a whole 90-minute interview in in a podcast episode. I'm going to break it up into two episodes. I'll give you the first half this week and the second half next week. That drives me crazy too, especially if I'm listening to your podcast episodes as they come out. So my own preference is that if you have an interview my own preference and my strong feeling is that you should include the entire interview in the entire podcast, uh, in one episode. Now, if it's a 90-minute interview, you may ask yourself, is there a bit of editing I can do to cut this down? Is there any non-essential information that was covered? Did we go through a couple rat holes You know uh, that that we just didn't need to go down? I mean, there are all kinds of... Uh, things that you could do to shorten that, if necessary. And if not, here's the thing: if, if from the beginning to the end, you have a 90 minute interview, and your show is normally 20 to, you know, 20 minutes in length, occasionally having a 90 minute interview, if the entire interview is pure awesomeness, if you will, if it is pure can't live without content, then my suggestion: I don't care if your episode is 20 to 35 minutes every single week, one week, 90 minute interview, not the end of the world. Because guess what, if people look at, look into it and they listen to it and they're not captivated within the first, you know, 10 minutes of the conversation, they can always turn it off and move on to the next episode next week. So that's my recommendation. But I really do not like the idea of breaking it up into two episodes. I really do not like the idea of only including a teaser of it and then asking people to go to your website to to do more. Uh, I think that I think you ask too much when you do that. So as far as, is there a sweet spot for interviews? Certainly, no more than an hour. I think is what I would typically uh, say is acceptable. But uh, at the same time, there have been there have been people that that you know I've listened to interviews with uh, with the person that they're interviewing, and man, I could I could have listened to another two hour, two or three hours, and I hated the the fact that the the time was up and that the the podcast has ended. So no, I don't I don't think there is any given rule for this. Uh, the the question is is you know it. You know, can you cut out any of the can't live without stuff? You know, the 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 fluff. You know, and and, and so, I, you know, that's that's my thoughts. I I hope that answers your question. Now, to your first question, wow, is this a can of worms? How many downloads is a good number of downloads for my podcast? Well, you know what? I for me, when I started podcasting, I podcasted about the television show Lost for my first episode, and you know, the, I was thinking, you know, okay, I'm going to download this. I know at least, you know, probably about five to 10 or maybe 15 other true geeks who also like lost and listen to other lost podcasts or their lost podcasters themselves. I figured I might be able to get five, ten, fifteen 15 people to download my first episode. Now, thankfully I was wrong. I actually got a lot more, but that's not always the case. Now, the thing is, is I would have been happy with 5. I would have been happy with 15. I would have been happy with 20 because you know what I come from the background of you know life before the social web. Life before the the tens of thousands, life before the hundreds of thousands. You know, I I I lived offline for quite a while prior to entering into this online world. Back in you know, bringing the internet to us and bringing the whole world to to our microphone. You know, the, so here's the deal. One of the things for me is I used to I used to be involved in ministry very heavily. Actually, I, I I hate to even use that phrase because I still involve myself in ministry. It's just I involve myself in ministry in a very different way. But for those who don't know this. My history is I used to be an associate pastor of a small Nazarene church. And then I was a in, in a small Nazarene church, let's put it this way, an average congregation size 50 to 150. Uh a larger church is 400 to 800. And if you had a a, a Nazarene church with, you know, 2000 people in it on a uh, 2000 to 6000, that's a mega church. You know. Now uh, I, I left there to go to a, a, a much larger church, you know, that had, you know, four or five thousand members that showed up on the weekends and stuff like that. And I I would preach to as little as, you know, 20 to 30 people as much as, you know, four or five thousand people. And, and I will tell you right now that from my experience, and especially before I went to the larger church in the Nazarene churches, it was it was. It was not uncommon for people who are pastors their entire lives to to never speak and influence more than 150 people their entire life from the time they start ministry until, you know, until they reach their 70s or 80s or whatever. And they're still their Their congregation has never really broken beyond that 150 to 200 people that show up every Sunday morning to listen to the, the sermon that they put together. And when I think of that, it's like, man, it will, gosh, just imagine if you could launch a podcast and you got 50, let's just say you got 25 people listening to you. Well, you have to ask yourself, what what does the number 25 represent? The number 25 represents 25 people, 25 human beings, 25 people who are listening to every word you say. And they're not just there because they feel guilty. Because they feel obligated to show up. They, I mean, because guess what? Everybody who's listening to your podcast is losing, listening because they chose to do so. So I would say if you had 25 people subscribed to listening to every single podcast episode you've produced for the last eight to 10 weeks, that is much better. Those 25 people are as much better than the 200 that show up on Sunday morning at most churches, you actually are having a greater deal of influence on those 25 people most of the time. So wh- how many is a good number? It, it it really depends on what your goals are and, and how how valuable individuals are to you or is a big number the most important thing. Now, there's nothing wrong with big numbers. I want to increase my reach. I want to reach hundreds of thousands of podcasters. But you know, I am am I okay with 6 or 7,000 podcasters right now? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm 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 okay with 6 or 7,000 podcasters who listen to me on a weekly basis. And, and that's and that's huge. I mean, for me, you know, do I do I need to reach 100,000 people to uh, really make a difference in the world of podcasting? No. I, gosh, even if I only reached 800 podcasters, and that's it. Only 800 podcasters. Well, that's 800 people who are podcasting, who are having influence on other people. So, for me numbers have never really been the focus and what's the right number? What's good? You know, what should my numbers be by a certain time? There is no standard. I literally know people who have already built a platform for themselves who launch a podcast and within the first couple weeks they have, you know, approximately 9,000 to 13,000 downloads per episode. I know people who have started a podcast and they didn't have an online brand. They had not been working on building a platform for themselves prior to their first episode. And I know people who, by the you know the fifty-third episode, usually are running right around eighty to a hundred and twenty uh, subscribers to their podcast after fifty weeks, after a year, they're they've got about eighty subscribers. But you know what? Is it is it possible for somebody who has one or who has been podcasting for one year? to be very satisfied as far as what they're accomplishing in their podcasting with 80 subscribers. Well again, it depends on how valuable in my mind, here's what I here's what I suggest. As a podcaster, this is what I suggest that you do. Find even if you're not a, a faith person, a person of faith or whatever the case may be, why don't you go and 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 uh, there, chances are within five miles of you, there's a there's a little small town church Within within driving distance. I want you to go there and and after the service I want you to just walk up to the front and I want you to count the number of seats in there And then take the number of people who are listening to your podcast and imagining that many seats filled And just imagining those people coming to listen to your podcast every single week when you're behind the microphone It's like they're all sitting out there. That's huge that's huge. That, that, like I said, I, it, I think it's all about perspective. And I think if you focus on the people who are listening versus the number of people listening, then I think that you'll build the relationships that are so important and vital to help take you and your brand and your message and your influence to a whole new level. Okay? So I just I just really want to recommend that you, you really focus on the individual's who are listening, and not the number of people listening. That That's my recommendation. It always has been, and as far as I can tell, it always will be. And uh, I don't think there is a a certain number that you should be striving for. Uh, although, there is nothing wrong with setting goals for yourself to take it to the next level, to say, you know, if if, my, if I'm reaching five to 6,000 right now, then I want to say by the end of this year, I would love to actually expand my reach to 10,000. And what can I do to do that? Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. Just don't let it consume you. That That's my recommendation. And well, my friends, I'll tell you what, I really was going to try to fit in a third question. Uh, uh, just so you know, Spencer, I know that you're out there and you're waiting to find out about my thoughts on managing multiple brands. I will see if I can't include that in episode number 262 next week on Podcast Answer Man. But uh before I play the interview from Michael Hyatt, I do want to give you guys an update. Uh, you'll remember back in on April 21st, I decided, you know, after several years of not asking anyone to ever leave me a review in iTunes and uh, to give us a rating for the Podcast Answer Man podcast, uh, you guys have. Uh, I, I decided to start asking, and you guys have been great. And I real quickly want to give you an update. Uh, when I started asking on April 21st. We were at 35 ratings. Those, those are the actual like five-star ratings or whatever. We had 35 ratings in iTunes. Now we have 65. So within the last month, we've already got another 30 additional ratings in there. And of course, this, just in this past two weeks, we have a couple people who have left full-on reviews. I've read them word for word. And just want to say thank you to Kim Landwehr, Byron Friday, music teach nine eight seven johnny b truant pilot gt thank you guys very much for all the very kind things that you guys have said and if you guys want to help the podcast answer man get a little bit more recognition inside the itunes store you can go to podcastanswerman.com forward slash itunes link and leave us a review or leave me a review and i would very much appreciate it and so with that It is now time to move on to my interview with Michael Hyatt. All right, my friends, I am totally honored and psyched to have my good friend Michael Hyatt on the podcast. Answer Man, Michael, thank you for coming on to the show.
1: I'm so glad to do it, Cliff. Thank you.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, you know, um, there's a there's a quote in a book by uh, Jason Freed, the guy behind 37 Signals, High Rise. I use them to manage all my life and business. Uh, and he wrote a book called Rework. Have you ever read this book before? I have.
1: I've read it a couple times and recommended it. Love it. I'm
0: going gonna, I'm gonna to read one of my favorite quotes from this book. And I want to tell you where you fit in. And uh, you're, in, you're in good company when, it, 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 uh, when you fit in in this, this uh, crowd of people. But anyway, this is what Jason Fried wrote. And it's called The Myth of the Overnight Sensation. He says, you will not be a big hit right away. You will not get rich quick. You are not so special that everyone else will instantly pay attention. No one cares about you, at least not yet. Get used to it. You know those overnight success stories you've heard about? It's not the whole story. Dig deeper and you'll usually find people who have busted their butts for years to get into a position where things could take off. And on the rare occasion that instant success does come along, it usually doesn't last. There's no foundation there to support it. Trade the dream of overnight success for slow measured growth. It's hard. You have to be patient. You have to grind it out. You have to do it for a long time before the right people notice. Mm. And what I, the reason why I bring that up here, because I know you're going to be talking about platform. We're going to get into that in just a second. But I just want to say that in my journey of building my brand online and building my business online, Michael, I just want to say that for me, I'm very glad to tell you that you are one of those right people. Mm, thank you, and and what I mean by that, and and, and it's a cr- in the crowd of people that I'm talking about are a Dan Miller, um, and David Foster, and a Michael Hyatt, and and also, um, I think it's Michael Stelzner over at Social Media Examiner. You know, these are the people who have established their brand, their presence, their platform online, and they have massive a massive following of people. We're talking hundreds of thousands of people who are following them already and those people know, like and trust you and when somebody like you comes along and you say, wow, I found this guy named Cliff Ravenscraft, podcast answer man and it blows me away and this is why I really like what he's doing and this is why you should check it out and you blog about it and you podcast about me and the next thing you know, it's just this new wave of literally thousands of people every week coming in and checking out the site checking out the tutorials and
1: uh, I personally just want to say thank you for being one of those right people well you're welcome it's it's an honor I love sharing great resources with my friends and followers so to tell my fans and to tell my friends and the people that follow me about you I feel like I'm doing them a favor and I'm doing you a favor and I love connecting people that I really respect so it's an honor for me
0: Well, Michael, I happen to know a lot about you because I've researched you. I've heard Dan Miller go on and on about your blog for years. And, um, you know, obviously I'm a Christian as well. And so I've uh, taken notice of quite a few books that are published by Thomas Nelson publishing. Can you tell uh, folks who maybe aren't familiar with Michael Hyatt a little bit about your story and, and how you've got to the place where you are today?
1: Yeah, I've spent basically my entire career, over 30 years, in the book publishing industry. I started when I was a senior at Baylor University, and then I continued in that position when I finished, and you know, I've done every aspect of book publishing. I've done marketing, I've done editorial management. Uh, Most recently, for six years, I was the CEO of Thomas Nelson, which is the largest faith-based publisher in the world, the largest, actually the oldest commercial publisher in the world, and the seventh largest book publisher in the U.S., so I've, I've done it all. Um, I've been a literary agent. I've written a couple of books before. Platform is actually my sixth book. And so I've just, I've seen every part of it. And the platform thing got really interesting to me because we were sending a lot of people away starting about 10 years ago who had compelling ideas. They had great manuscripts, but they didn't have a platform. They didn't have any way to get out the word. And as a publisher, we couldn't do it all for them.
0: So t- tell me about this book that you're writing right now. It's it it's called Platform, and it is about, is it your story, or is it more of a how-to to build your platform?
1: Well, it's a, it's a little bit of both. I mean, I certainly include my story throughout, but it's it's the book that I wish that I could have handed to every author, entertainer, politician, small business person, anybody who had a great idea, but didn't know where to go, go with it. They didn't have a way to uh, get the message out. The subtitle of the book is Get Noticed in a Noisy World. And man, the world has become increasingly noisy. You know, when you think about the fact that in, in this last year alone, there were over a million new books published. I went on Amazon and did a search just, I don't remember what the term was, but I wanted to see how big their database is. They have 27 million books cataloged and for sale on Amazon. Then in addition to that, you've got like 164 million blogs that are live in the world. Not all all of them active, but just a lot of noise, tons of video content, you know, all kinds of games and apps and everything else. So how do you get your message, your cause, your brand, the thing that you care about? How do you get it noticed in a world like that where there's just an avalanche of information? And that's what the, the book is really about. And it's just step by step how to do it.
0: Well, you certainly build a platform for yourself and your blog is something that I've heard mentioned again by Dan Miller for years. He's like, you know, this is this is somebody who's written a blog that will give you leadership skills, uh, just productivity tips. These, This is something that you, is a must have resource. And so people like Dan Miller out there and then, of course, of course, just in my other circles, just people talking about, you know, here's another great blog post from Michael Hyatt com. How did you get? noticed in that world. When did you start blogging and how did you go about building that brand to where you now have well over 200,000 people who are subscribing?
1: Yeah, I guess it was uh, really accidental at first. I thought in 2004, when I became uh, the president of Thomas Nelson, I wasn't the CEO yet, but it was like one step below that. So I was the president. I said, I think I'm going to start just a blog and really not to build a platform but mainly a way for me to kind of disentangle my own thinking and a way to curate my best thinking and a way to pass it along. So I blogged from 2004 to 2007, two of those years I was the CEO because I got promoted to the CEO by the board in 2006, but I, I didn't attract more than a thousand readers a month for those first uh, uh, four years. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, it's, you know, it was easy for you to build a platform. You were the CEO. Look, nobody, cared. I mean, not really. Nobody cared for for at least the first four years. And in fact, I often say to people, how many CEOs do you read? Well, the answer is usually none because CEOs by and large are boring. They don't have anything to say. They're, they may be great at running companies, but they don't really have that much to say. So I felt like I had to kind of fight against that and be even more interesting in, in, to get people's attention. But then in 2008, something dramatic happened. I I hit an inflection point. I went from about 700 readers a month the the year before to an average in 2008 of 20,000 readers. And that was primarily because I got super active in social media. Uh, Twitter's been around since 2006, but I came online in 2008. So I saw this dramatic inflection point. I also got uh, picked up by Lifehacker on a couple posts, which brought in a flood of new traffic. In fact, they shut my server down twice uh, just because of the incoming traffic. And then it went like to 43,000 average readers a month in 2009, and then 50,000 the next year. And you know, this uh, last month, I had over 300,000 unique visitors to my site, but it didn't happen all at once. And one of the things I find, Cliff, is that people often quit right before the inflection point.
0: Yes, absolutely. But, you know, I'm- server. I'm, listen, I'm listening to your story, and and I'm and I'm. I've still got this quote. It says, listen, it's like listen, Michael Hyatt, S- a CEO of Thomas Nelson Publishing. You're not so special that everyone's going to instantly pay attention to you. You, no one cares about you, at least not yet. Get used to it." So, yeah, so, real, so real. it, so that, cause when you, when you're not, I think about Michael Hyatt, I'm thinking, you know, of course it's easy for him to blog because he obviously is in front of so many people as a CEO and, and what he says is important. And to, and this is new information to me, by the way, the, the fact that for the first four years of your blogging experience, less than 1000 subscribers.
1: Yeah, well, it was really It was really incredible. And there were those times when I got discouraged. I wanted to quit. I wondered why I was doing this. All this stuff, by the way, I'm having to apply now to my own podcast. But, you know, I kind of got it nailed over this period of time with my blogging. But it was was tough. I had to find my voice. You know, I had to be patient and wait for that. I I think another big learning I got out of that cliff, and it's really paying in spades now with the launch of this new book platform, is you've got to build a platform before you need it. And I meet authors all the time, especially, but you meet small business people the same way. It's like they got a great idea and they go, okay, now I'm going to start building my platform. Well, you know, the best time to build a platform would have been five years ago. But here's the key. The second best time to build a platform is today. Get started. You're going to need this sometime in the future. If you're going to get that idea, that dream that you have in your heart, if you're going to get it out, you've got to have a platform. It's the only way I know of, you know, short of uh, some network executive granting you a Um, celebrity spot on a television show short of that you're gonna have to build your own platform good news is it's doable
0: it is doable Uh, in fact I I think that uh, I just read in Gary Vaynerchuk's book crush it we're rereading that for the podcast mastermind and one of the things he says listen even if you're employed self-employed and 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 you enjoy your self-employment you're not looking to build a business or anything like that Every single person out there needs to consider themselves as a brand. Uh, yep. Just you need to create your own personal brand, and you need to become you need to be to stay competitive in the marketplace. Even as staying on as an employee, gainfully employed, you definitely need to have something that you bring to the table, some kind of influence in the world. And uh, that is something that I certainly see people struggling with is the idea that I am a brand, that I am someone who has something valuable to say, because how many books are out there that, that, what about the people who aren't even looking to write a book, but you know, you, you talk to somebody about creating a podcast or even a blog, how
1: many millions of those are out there? Yeah, that's right. But, and when you're talking about being a brand, really what you're talking about is being intentional about your reputation. What do you want to be known for? And one of the great things about a blog or about a podcast or about a book or something else is you're perceived as a thought leader and it makes you more portable in terms of your career. You know, if you get downsized or outsized or right-sized or whatever, you still got a future because your career is not all vested. Your platform is not all vested in your employer's platform. And that's what made it possible for me a year ago, about exactly a year ago, uh, I was able to step out of Thomas Nelson as the CEO And pursue something that I had dreamed of for years, which was to write and to speak full time. The only reason I could do that is because I had grown this platform that made it possible.
0: One of the things that came up in the conversations and talking about building this platform, it's like, well, where do I start? You know, do I have to have some kind of, you know, passion, some kind of niche area, niche focus? And and they hear me even promoting this. It's one of my messages, if you will, is, is it's best if you can you can be clearly identifiable about, you know, what is it that you're known for? For me, for a lot of people, if if the term podcasting comes up, you know, usually my name hopefully will come up in a conversation at one point in the journey, or if my name comes up, some somebody will ultimately end up talking about podcasting. That's just a that's just a part of the game. But what if if, if people out there don't know what their specific focus is, what their niche is? I I came up with a great question, I think. Uh, that that you can use to develop your online identity, your brand, if you will, and to, and that is to ask yourself, what is my message? What is the message I want to share with the world? Mm. And and that way, it's not necessarily you know focused on podcasting because honestly, a lot of people say, "Gosh, Cliff Ravenscraft, you know your brand, you are the podcast answer man." And for thousands of people, I am. But I'm I'm actually excited to say that not for everybody because there are there are literally Actually, I think thirteen thousand people. If they heard the name Cliff Ravenscraft, you know what they would hear? That's that guy who uh, does podcasts with his wife Stephanie about the Hunger Games, mm-hmm. or it's that guy who does Family from the Heart, or it's that guy who does these other shows. So I have multiple brands, but I think what I found is that while I have different brands, and uh, my, my, I use my platform, which is my. My blog, my podcast, my Twitter, my social media presence to broadcast my greater vet message, which is a message of entertainment, education, encouragement,
1: and a source of inspiration to the world. Which you're definitely doing, and that's I told you even before we started recording this that that's one of the main reasons I I listen to podcast Answer Man. I love it. I recommend it for all the technical stuff, for the instruction, but the inspiration. Is the thing that I love and you carry that. I've heard some of your other podcasts you carry you into every one of those podcasts and that's what I'm going to get out of any of those podcasts regardless of the subject matter uh, specialization. So kudos to you. You've done a great job building a brand.
0: Well, let's talk about your book. When does it come out and how can people get their hands on it to where not only will it benefit them. That's that's a no-brainer. I can tell you folks just from knowing Michael and and the amount of inspiration I've received from him, the benef- the you're going to benefit from this book. But I want to make sure that if our audience goes out there and grabs this book that that we can benefit you as well. How can we best do that?
1: Well, the best way to do this is to buy it from any major retailer. And you can actually go to my website and I've got links to this and I'm going to tell you why it's important to go there first here in just a second, but it's michaelhyatt.com forward slash platform, michaelhyatt.com forward slash platform. And the reason it's important to do it this week is because uh, quite honestly, I'm trying to drive the bestseller list. I would love the book to get on the bestseller list. And that's all about how many books we can drive through retail in a given one week time frame, So for people that buy it this week and forward to me their receipt, so if it's an online retailer from Amazon or barnesandnoble.com, whatever it is, forward the receipt to gifts at michaelhyatt.com and I'll forward to you a link to seven free bonuses that are worth $375.98. I tried to over deliver on this cliff to create the most value I could to make people wait, frankly, to buy it during this week, but also to help me try to drive the bestseller list. And in exchange for them waiting, um, I tried to create this value. So it's got, for example, all the electronic editions of the book. So you get the Kindle, Nook, the iPad, PDF, plus you get the complete unabridged audio book, plus a six-part video series called the, the Platform Video Jumpstart. And there's some other goodies in there too, but seven bonuses, only this week. That offer is going away on the 25th of May at the end of the day because our drive to the bestseller list will, will either be done or not by that time.
0: So, and, and let's define this week because I am going to be releasing this podcast episode uh, on, let's see here, it'll be Thursday, May 17th. So what we're talking about is actually starting on Monday, May 21st. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. Monday, May the 21st. And if, and if you're afraid that you're going to miss this, you can go to that same website I gave you, michaelhyatt.com forward slash platform. And that's just kind of a holding page, but you can sign up to be notified. First thing I'm going to do, it's going to go out at a bit about midnight on the 21st is I'm going to send an email blast everybody saying, okay, remember now you can go buy it and forward the receipt. It'll give you explicit uh, instructions there.
0: Yeah. So I just want to encourage everyone go uh, anytime between uh, Monday, May twenty-first through Friday, May twenty-fifth, and buy this book. Now, let me ask you: if if somebody buys it from the Kindle, does that count towards the 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 top seller list?
1: Well, yeah, it does. And I'm not I'm actually not trying to be too um, particular about this. I don't care if you get it from a local retailer or it's an electronic edition. Just forward to me the receipt because I think you know the more the more books we sell, the better. And the New York Times has a distinctive electronic edition bestseller list, and then they also have the the physical copy. I don't really care. I, I, I could drive myself crazy trying to be particular about that. But <laughs> I know you don't care. But I, 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 think from from what I understand,
0: the 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 big you know New York Times bestseller list that that's usually the physical book and not the digital. So what I want to do.
1: They have two lists actually.
0: So they do have two lists now. Yep, they do. Yep. Well, here's here's what I want to recommend from for the podcast Answer Man audience, because I know they're going to go out and do this. Uh, my recommendation, go out and order the physical book. And of course, you can order the physical book on Amazon still or any of the other places yep. that you have linked up at, over at michaelhyatt.com slash platform. Order the physical book and then send your receipt as long as you do this before uh, Friday, May 25th. Send that receipt to gifts at michaelhyatt.com, and you get the all of the Kindle versions, the iPad version, and all the other versions.
1: Yes, that's so, exactly right.
0: So everybody, do me a favor and Michael a favor, and and get the physical book uh, Monday, May twenty first through Friday, May twenty fifth. That's that's what I would love to have people do for you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You're you're absolutely welcome. And uh, I want to talk real briefly about your podcast. I'm thankful that we have about another nine minutes left. Uh, I want to talk about this podcast that you've launched. Tell us a little bit about uh, this is your life.
1: Well, I started this podcast really at the insistence or the encouragement of Dan Miller. And I asked Dan in a meeting I had with him. I said, if everything burned down in your life and you had to recreate your life and your business from one thing, what would be the one thing that had so much value that you would make sure that you had that? And he said, oh, that's easy, my podcast. Hmm. I thought, wow. I mean, for me, I would have answered before that, my blog. And so I said to Dan, I said, why? And he said, because a podcast is so much more intimate than a blog, because you're inside somebody's head via headphones. You know, that doesn't get much more intimate than that. And he said he had found that the audience was much more engaged and just kind of his super fans. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna give that a try. So, I started this blog, uh, this uh, podcast, and I wanted to kind of build it around the brand I'd already built around intentional living and about thinking thoughtfully about your life. And I, I you know, loved this song, uh, This Is Your Life. And I thought, you know, I'm going to kind of be basing it on that and just talk about whatever I want to talk about, but mostly, mostly about more purposeful living. So, I launched that back in February. I think I'm to episode uh, 12, one out today. And I've told you offline, Cliff, it's been one of the hardest thing, most difficult things I've ever done. And and tell us why is that. You know, I, I think it's probably true for starting anything. It just takes a lot of practice. You know, it takes trying to find your voice. I mean, you were incredible in helping me getting uh launched. And I and I went through your instructional materials. I bought several of them. Uh those were very helpful on the technical side. And then I hired you as a consultant to come in after that. And that was hugely helpful. I mean, the value you were worth, I shouldn't tell you this, but you were worth 10 times what I paid you. I,
0: <laughs> I'm I'm so thankful to hear that. Thank you.
1: Because I mean, if I honestly, if I didn't, if I hadn't paid you uh, that fee, I would have had to learn on my own and the learning curve would have been a lot lo- longer and a lot uglier. And you know, I'm still on a learning curve, but you shortened it immensely. So yeah. So I think the hard part of it is just getting comfortable doing it. I mean, you said to me, look, dude, you got to stop standing up. This isn't a lecture. You got to sit down. It's a conversation. I mean, you were more gracious than that, but that was kind of the takeaway. And so I started doing some of those things. You said, you know, you've got to be more transparent and I still have a long way to go on that, but that was helpful um, as well. So I just feel like, you know, like if you start to play guitar and, you, and, you, and you're starting to learn the scales, it seems very deliberate and it's difficult at first until you develop some uh, facility with it where you can improvise. It's the same thing with podcasting or blogging. And I'm just in that really tough spot where I feel like I'm putting in 10 u- units of effort for every unit of productive uh, productive podcasting.
0: Well, I, I just want to encourage you because I know that uh, it is very discouraging at first to get up and running. Um, I One of the things I shared with you, and, and I don't think I've ever shared this on Podcast Answer Man before, or if I have, it's been a very long time. But uh, one of the things that I shared with you is that uh, out of the last 50 episodes of Podcast Answer Man, as far as I'm concerned, uh, probably about 45 out of the 50, I've like thought, this isn't worthy of being put out. This, mm-hmm. this is nowhere near what I wished this podcast would be. I, I, I always consistently say, man, I really wish I would have spent another hour or two preparing to answer the three questions that I, I answered today instead of just speaking off the top of my head. You know, was there value? Maybe. But at the same time, I feel like I only shared from my experience. I really should have gone in and done a little research and and had a little bit more technical detail involved. But you know, it, at the at the same time, you know that's out of the last fifty episodes of Podcast Answer Man, I felt horrible, honestly, about releasing those episodes. However, people like you, Dan Miller, and and l- hundreds of other people are like, "Wow, another great episode of Podcast Answer Man! Thank you so much. This is so inspiring. That's exactly what I needed." And and I'm thinking seriously. And of course, occasionally I go back and I listen to the episode. and I'm like. Ah, huh, that wasn't so bad. What why was I giving myself such a hard time?
1: You know, I don't know if you've read Stephen Pressfield's uh book or any of his books, but he's got a book called The War of Art, which is must-reading. But one of the things he talks about is that when you endeavor to do anything creatively, that this thing called the resistance with a capital R steps forward and it just opposes you. And you know, it's not he's not a spiritual person. It's not intended to be a spiritual metaphor, but he just says there's this thing that makes you want to quit, makes it tougher than it probably really is. But if you can fight through that, you'll find that you'll create a lot of value and help a lot of people. And so I know that's true in blogging. I'm just, I'm believing it by faith as I'm doing my podcasting now.
0: Well, I, you know, Michael, I I took a special interest in in your podcast. And and honestly, a, a lot of the early interest was the fact that I'd heard so many things about you and you had, um, I guess, been recommended to me. By Dan Miller and maybe somebody else I'm not sure but you so you had you'd had already taken some uh, of my tutorials you, you had purchased some things there and and so I I immediately it's like wait a second I I've heard so much about this Michael I I've got to check this guy out and so I took a little bit of interest in your podcast just because of the 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 recommendation of people that I follow in my circles who look so highly up to you and I listen to the podcast and I'm like yeah this is good content But this, yeah, I, I, you know, I I don't know that I, I would subscribe to this podcast right now, Mm. and and it was tough because I felt like I was I was listening to recordings of of lectures. It's it's the same reason why, you know, uh, my great friend, um, and I think you knew him as well, David Foster. Yes, loved that man. I loved that man, and I miss him tremendously. But uh, you know, I listened to his Renegades Guide to God podcast. And I, I mean, I could listen to, I could go back and listen to every one of them from beginning to the end I, mm. and just listen to them all over again. But you know what? I don't like to go and listen to his sermons on Sundays. I, I, I in his podcast, I mean, I don't like to listen to the audio of his podcast. Now, here's the thing. His preaching was amazing his preaching is awesome and, and occasionally what I'll do is I'll go back and I'll download the video and sometimes I'll put it up on the TV screen and I'll watch it and it, but it's a for me listening to a to the to a prepared speech and that has been t- spoken to a large crowd it doesn't carry that same appeal and so those were some of the things that you and I talked about but around after you and I had met you
1: had uh, changed a few things i think it was around episode 6 or 7 yeah, I can't remember but it it's dramatic if people go back and listen you'll you'll know when uh, Cliff had his major influence because everything changed.
0: And 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 here's the deal I never really give that false encouragement and say things just to say make people feel better. Um, and, and sometimes I wish I was a little bit more gracious with the things that I say and I don't share how I feel all the time but I do. Um, and s- matter of fact, I'm second guessing the fact that I just shared ev- with everybody that I didn't like the first couple episodes of your show. And I feel horrible about that already. No, no, it's good, but it's true. I didn't like them either. But here's the deal though. After, after I came down there, that next episode you put out the next week, ever since then, your podcast has made it to, I will say the top 10 of all podcasts I've ever subscribed to. Wow. And and that is that's a very short list, you know, and 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 I've listened to I've over the years I've subscribed to probably over 100 different podcasts that I was insanely interested in. But it's it's your show is actually moved up into a category of when a new episode comes in, I'm going to listen to that within, you know, two or three days of it coming out. There will never be you know, a time where there'll be two episodes that have been unheard on my podcast, on my podcast listening list from you. And I just want to tell people, if you guys want to check out Michael's podcast, there is one podcast episode I believe you must go check out. And I think you'll fall in love with it. It's episode number 10. It was put out last week and it was called how to shave 10 hours off your work week. And I I, I I literally just listened to it one time I didn't take notes I just listened to it one time and I have shaved at least 10 maybe closer to 15 to 20 hours off of my work week since
1: listening to that podcast that blows me away and it's such an encouragement to me um I may even do another episode awesome well <laughs> and, and here's the and,
0: and this is this is where the reason why I want to Make a point to share that with you, Michael, is because you think about that 10 units of energy that you put into that podcast that the the, what has happened to my life and I'm just one person. Mm. What has happened to my life? The impact that that one episode has had is immeasurable to me. You talk about the value, you know, you talk about the value of how much you paid for my coaching or whatever for that day. And, and, and now all of a sudden how I can't even begin to tell you, I don't even know if I could put a dollar value on how much that means to me to know that I can actually walk out of this office at five o'clock in the afternoon or in the evening and then go out and do stuff with my family. And if I do stuff with my family that I don't feel the need or the urgency to come back and work a couple more hours to, to make up that time. That, well, that
1: encourages me more than you know. I mean, that's that's huge.
0: And you're having that impact on people, and, and here's the thing, and, and and because I've had some people email me and and I've actually been following the comments on your podcast episodes from time to time, and, and especially when you announced that you were gonna change some things and that you were changing some things, and I saw plenty of people out there who actually said, you know, hey, I don't know what anybody's talking about. I that Cliff Ravenscraft's off his rocker uh, because I I so enjoyed the last five episodes. This is great, I hope you don't change anything. They never really said Cliff was off his rocker, but but they they said, you know what? Hey, you're, you're making a difference. And I think that's the thing that we as podcasters, I I think we never understand and comprehend the value of what we are bringing to the table. I think that's
1: something we can't lose sight of either, because I'll tell you what, we lose our way when we lose our why. and And that's a direct quote from my wife. And I love it. But to realize what's at stake, you know, we get so caught up on the technical side of it or the preparation side of it. And we forget that we're speaking to real people who on the other end of that podcast have real lives and real things that they're facing who need inspiration, who need encouragement, who may want to quit. And if we can just speak to them like we'd like to be spoken to, um, because we're all in that situation, uh, you know, it's that's a good reminder to me. So thank you.
0: You're welcome. And I think it's a reminder for all of us, actually, because I'm, I I need to be reminded of that myself. Well, my friends, the book is called Platform. Again, I encourage you to head over to michaelhyatt.com forward slash platform. Again, purchase that book anytime between Monday, May 21st through Friday the 25th. I encourage you to buy it in physical form from one of the retailers listed on that website. And uh, then, of course, remember, send your receipt to gifts at michaelhyatt.com, and they will get you access to all of the digital copies, plus a whole plethora of other valuable stuff that you're going to be able to see uh, during that week that that, that website is uh, officially opened up to everybody. But Michael, I am so excited that our paths have crossed. Uh, again, Your you personally and your podcast has had a profound impact on my life. Uh, And then for those of you who love to read, uh, if you are looking for another blog, or even if you are maybe maxed out on your blogs, you need to kick somebody else off of your list and go over to michaelhyatt.com and and put that one on there. So Michael, thank you so much for coming on the podcast
1: answer, man. Thank you, Cliff. Thanks for being so generous. Well, my
0: friends, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the podcast answer, man. You know, this is this is one of those things, you know. You 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 just don't know how things are gonna go in an interview, and sometimes you say things. It's like, man, I, I, here's the deal. I'm recording the ending of this episode the day after recording that interview, and I wanna tell you, I lost a little sleep last night. Wondering, should I edit the part out where I said that one thing? You know, and and not only did I lose a little sleep last night, I woke up this morning and I all I could think about should I go edit it? Should I go edit it? Instead, I decided to go out and get my uh, physical activity uh, uh, done by working out on the treadmill this morning and doing some other things to prepare for the rest of the show and. I chose at the end of the day, or at this point in the day, that no, I'm not going to edit it. I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be myself. And am I happy with everything I said? No. But I think there's extreme value in the interview. And especially, you know, just, just, you know, for me personally, there's one thing that Michael said. I had no idea that he went four years of blogging and only had less than 1,000 subscribers. And, you know, I tell you what, I hope that you guys do get his book. I really do. Hey, real quickly, I also want to let you know, and I forgot to mention this in the interview with him, uh, but Michael is actually going to be speaking at Blog World and New Media Expo in just a couple short weeks. If you have not signed up, there's still time to do so. You can head over to blogworldexpo.com. Click to register. Use promo code GSPN10 for 10% off. And if you want, you can actually attend Michael's session at Blog World, which is actually going to happen on Thursday, June 7th at 9 a.m. Anyway, uh, real quickly, last thing I want to say is thank you to those of you who have been using my Bluehost affiliate sign-up for signing up for your hosting accounts. Uh, you can find out all of my thoughts on hosting at podcastanswerman.com slash hosting, and the people behind oh sanepublications.com. that's s a i n sanepublications.com. and then throughhikerpodcast.com. that's t h r u hiker podcast and timepodcaster my good friend Santos Ali there, and then funinwichita.com. All four of those domains, all four of the people behind them used my affiliate code to sign up for their hosting with Bluehost. And my friends, I do earn a very generous commission each time someone does that. So personal thanks to each and every one of you. I'm out of here for this episode. This is one of those episodes, like I told Michael, eh, I'm not sure. It's you know, I, 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 if on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, I personally feel what I bring to the table today right around a solid 6.5. But you know what? I hope that you enjoy it. I'll, take you, I'll talk to you next week. Until then, take everything to the next level.